What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. Money, mid-July, we're two weeks from training camp. I feel like it's going a little slower. I think maybe just because we need football. <laughs> well, look, I think uh, the good thing is, is I feel like we have some football. Is it Chargers football? No. Um, but, you know, with the Big 12 meeting, obviously with the USC-UCLA departure to the Big 10, uh, we've got the Lamar Jackson-Bernard Pollard feud. We, of course, have Baker getting traded to the Panthers. Uh, we're awaiting the outcome that does directly affect the Chargers of the Deshaun Watson suspension. Uh, what will that number look like? What quarterback are the Chargers going to be playing in week five? So the good news is, I believe, for all you football freaks, and by freaks, I mean those of you that are visiting, you know, chargers.com and football websites between now and the next three weeks when every other player is in Europe or Hawaii like Chris was last week or somewhere, uh, I feel like we got a little something for you, you know, that the, the, the football world has given us enough to, to quench that thirst. Wait, get me up to speed on Lamar Jackson, Bernard Pollard. Uh, so Pollard, I just, I, I guess, you know, unsolicited decided to post a tweet or did something on social media. I don't know where it was, if it was Twitter or something, but he basically said, look, you know, Lamar's great, but receivers aren't going to play for him. And then I think what really kind of got Lamar was at the end, he's like, he just doesn't throw it that well. Like that's where I think it, it kind of took that nasty turn. So then, you know, Lamar goes back who the hell are you i've never even heard of you oh oh you never heard of me i got a super bowl you can call me champ and whatever i looked it up you had two play two tackles way to go were those game changing tackles kind of doesn't matter i win playoff game you know so it's that Bye, back baby. and forth and that of course then then brings up the lamar jackson contract and i don't know if you saw but i did we, i think we did we bring this up last week i don't remember if we did or not the espn quarterback poll Maybe we didn't because I think it might have just posted. So Jeremy Fowler. Yeah. This is, go so ahead. go ahead. The, the, honestly, I, I wanted to go through some of these positions that, that Jeremy Fowler. So Jeremy Fowler is basically doing this this top 10 at each position group, right? And but it's not his. It's not like his. That's, it's, what, it's, right, that's what people aren't understanding. It's like, listen, it says it right there in the headline. It is. Yeah, it's, it's executives, 50. coaches, play, yes. or players, right? Is that what it yes. is? Yes. Executives, coaches, players. There are 50 of them. All he did was send out a fill in your top 10. And then I will do the aggregate. I will tell you what the numbers are. And I will post How some of the comments. How brutal is that for Jeremy wrote. Fowler, dude? He's probably getting... Oh, he loves it. You kidding yeah. me? He's, he's loving it. He's like, this is great. You know, because anybody that comes super hard, he can just say, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Meanwhile, everybody wants to know who Jeremy Fowler is and follow him. And because he's done the, the legwork, you know, to put this thing together, to, to collate and, and aggregate. And we got ourselves top 10s. But uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson, the, the hot button topic there because he wasn't in the top 10, you know, and, and for Charger fans, Keenan Allen, well, there's a reason why he was regularly cited as the most underrated receiver in the NFL, because, again, outside of the top 10, despite the numbers, converting catches for first downs, you know, third down receptions, all of that you know, for whatever reason, just isn't quite translating. But again, these are players, executives, and coaches. These are guys that know football. Um, so I, I do think it is, uh, their opinions are worthy. Um, the one thing that I do find interesting, and I had a, I had a Heisman Trophy voter tell me this, um, who was in college football. And he said, I don't, like, I don't really know why I've got to vote. He, he's like, I can't 
I can't watch football. I'm playing football. I'm studying tape. Like I am not watching all of these candidates, but you know, you can't say no when they come to you. So I said, yes. She's like, but so that's the interesting thing about the executives, coaches, and players is it's like, how much are they really watching of all 32, 31 other teams in the league week in and week out to compile these lists? Justin Herbert was number seven on that list. And let me see the, the guys ahead of him, Matthew Stafford, six, Burrow, five, Brady, four, Allen, three, Mahomes, two, Rogers one. I mean, can't much have much beef with that, no? Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the big one is I think the the big two in there are probably Stafford and Burrow. You know, how much of that is recency bias? Is it because, you know, Matthew Stafford was with the Rams, they went to the Super Bowl, and he had that, you know, incredible throw on a busted coverage to Cooper Cup. He had the no look in the Super Bowl, you know, that got a lot of attention. Joe Burrow, of course, you know, gets sacked nine times against Tennessee and yet still has the toughness to get out of that game. Um, so those are like the two that I circle. I mean, like you can't argue, you know, if, if coaches and executives and players want to go into, in, into a game with, with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, fine. You know, I, I get it. And obviously Patrick Mahomes and, and what Josh Allen has now done is he's built upon his successes every single year and gotten better. I get that as, as well. So I think the more interesting I think the more interesting question would be, who do you want, you know, who do you want for this season? And I don't quite know if that's how it was phrased. Hey, who are the top 10 quarterbacks? And, you know, I think if you wrote, who do you want to quarterback your team in 2022? I think that list would be a little bit different. Yeah, agreed. And if the Chargers would have beaten the Raiders and gotten into the postseason, I think Justin would have been probably in the top three, four or five, right? And you know what? Like that's, and it's funny, Chris, like that's what, what and if, if you go to the, let's see if I can pull up the, the list there. If you go to the, the comment on, on Herbert, it, you know, it, it basically says, you know, it says like he, he doesn't, he doesn't have that playoff win. And it's like, okay, I get that, but it's a top five offense. He's a top three quarterback. The defense was a bottom five defense. Uh, it, it certainly let the offense down. I don't think there's any two ways to look at it, you know? So yes, I know they did not get into the playoffs, but they lost of their eight losses. I think I want to say four of them were when they scored over 25 points. So it's like, okay, I get that narrative at the set. Cause that's what a lot of people were saying about Lamar. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to put a guy like Justin Herbert in there? That's never been to the playoffs uh, when Lamar has won an MVP, has won a playoff game, and it's like, well, he's played on a team that's had in the conversation the best defense in the league, or at least top five defense in the league year in and year out. So, I mean, you know, look, that's what those that that's what that's why it's being posted the second week of July. So we can have these conversations, and Charger fans and everybody that likes football can get all fired up and freak out on social media about what the list looked like. How about the safety list? Like this one, I was, if you're going to put Darwin at number four because of injury, yeah, that's fine. And I think that's probably what it was. That's what but, it was, I think. But listen, Justin Simmons is a really good player. Uh, Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick is a really good player, and he's made an impact on that defense. He turns the ball over. Uh, uh, Kevin Byard's been doing it for a long time. But you can't tell me that uh, Derwin is the most impactful player, I think, when he's out there. Like he, he can change – a game 
And I, I see him at number four. I'm like, dude, like maybe just wait this year. It, it, he's got all this talent around him. I think he, he, he'll show what he did in 2018 as a first team all pro as a rookie was a, a big reason why they went 12 and four that year. Um, so it's funny, like just right? hearing you say it and it's, and look, I think it's a natural response, you know, when you got your guy and you want to take up for your guy. It's like, guys, yeah, there's 64 starting safeties and he's yeah, number four. I know what you mean, though, it. but it's funny, like how, because I thought the same thing. I'm like, I don't take any of those guys over Derwin, but that's because I'm biased, you know, but I, I, I totally understand making the case for Justin Simmons and Mika Fitzpatrick and Kevin Byard. I get it. Um, you know, I, I totally can see why the people in Tennessee are upset that Byard's not number one, uh, in Pittsburgh, that Minka Fitzpatrick isn't number one. So I can totally understand that. But again, these are, these are players, coaches and executives, and maybe they don't get to see every snap or watch every minute of tape. Um, but it's nice to see the, uh, the chargers, even though Keenan Allen and, and Austin Eckler were in the honorable mention and just outside looked like they were eleven in both of those categories, which I think is, especially for Eckler, you know, criminally low um, to me. The idea that, Najee, that you would take Najee Harris, nothing against him, over Eckler is just crazy to me. I mean, it was it was all volume last year, and he's I do believe he's going to be a really good runner, but it's like you can't tell me that that one season of Harris was better than what Austin Eckler has put together in his career. 20 total touchdowns yeah. last year, man. I mean, come on. Like, th there's a difference between, like, fantasy impact and, and game impact, and I get that. But, like, Austin really did change the offense for Herbert, too. He, he and, and I think they said, like, he's such an asset to Justin Herbert. One of the executives said it's so true. Um, the, the Keenan thing is, you know, he just consistently does what he does. Uh, it's, the, it's happened his whole career. You yeah. know, it's just, it, to me, like, the Keenan Mike thing. Mike Williams, is, though, was in that honorable mention, though. I think I saw him. In, uh, yes, Mike in Williams here. was in the honorable. And look, there's like the thing with the you can go through them all. You know, you can have an issue with where they have Joey, but then you kind of see like that's the thing to me when I when I was looking at it. Um, like here, I'll pull up the top ten safeties right now. When you go to Derwin, uh, highest ranking two. So it's like okay, there's people that are like I'd put him at one, but but maybe the injuries you know, have kind of left it. So that's like, okay, so you got people that are putting Derwin at two. Um, now then you also see people that like not in the top 10 and you wonder what the heck they're thinking. Um, but you look at like quarterbacks and when you go to Herbert, even though he's at number seven and you see highest ranking five, you know, and lowest ranking out of the top 10, mm. who's putting 10 quarterbacks against, uh, you know, over Herbert. That's just crazy. So that's, that gives you an idea of kind of what, what you're looking at in these lists. Edge rushers, Stood out to me because four of them are from the AFC West, right? Two teams, right? The the, the Raiders and, and the Chargers, and then you know you get Chubb and Gregory. Was Chubb and Gregory? They weren't in the top ten, right? I don't think they uh, were. No, no, neither of them were there. Or was Randy Gregory in there? He might have been. I don't he remember. But um, honorable mention. Let me pull it up. I think they're already. I, I just saw a report they're having issues with him uh, health wise already, and obviously that was the big issue with him in in uh, Dallas. They were being a little bit coy um, about whether or not he's going to be ready for, for training camp. Yeah. No, Randy Gregory. Did he, he didn't even make honorable mention. So yeah. yeah so neither of the uh, Broncos rushers and yet you got the Raiders and chargers with four of them in that list. The bridge between Keenan and Mike, it's gotten smaller. I almost feel like Mike, maybe if, if we're talking fantasy, like 
he may be the, the better play in terms of touchdown production and the way that Justin looked to him, especially towards the back half of last year. I wish like this could be the year that that Mike puts himself in that kind of one a category with Keenan. Yeah, I think, you know, I just had this conversation. It's funny. I had this conversation yesterday with uh, with a 10 with a nine year old. Um, my buddy's a friend of mine that, uh, that I surf with, uh, his two sons have just kind of, it's an interesting conversation too. And I had never thought about it because we're all, you know, so much of this is anecdotal and, um, you know, we all live in our own little bubble, but you know, my kids are older and his kids are younger. And, and his mom was saying, because of the pandemic, you know, there were no youth sports. She's like, you know, my sons are, are six and four at the time. And we're just getting ready to put them into little league or flag football or bat. And there's nothing like there's, there's nothing we can do. There's no organized sports. So it almost kind of like stunted their passion for these sports because they didn't play them yet. And so it's like, you know, we'd watch football or something, but they just would, they weren't as invested. And so like in the last year, as they've now started playing flag football, they've become football obsessed uh, these two little boys and it was just funny. And then they had kind of prepared these, these little sheets that they were reading to me. Cause, uh, like, Oh, did you know that Keenan Allen last year had over a thousand yards and over a hundred catches, cute little things like that. Yeah. And, and then they, they, his brother would come up with, and Mike Williams had the most receiving yards in his career. And they said, which one do you like more? And I said, well, I like them both the same. And I, I said, the interesting thing though, about football is, you know, and this is the old Daniel Jeremiah. I mean, I can't remember who he credited with coming up with it. I said, but you guys play basketball too. And wide receiver cores are like basketball teams. You want to have a center, someone who's big and can rebound and, you know, and, and, and catch those contested balls in the end zone and, you know, or on the sideline. And then you want to have that point guard who's got the vision to see things before they happen. And that's kind of Keenan. And, and as we watched, I said, what do you guys think? Like, which guy would you rather have? The big, strong, you know, he's going to box you out and rebound or the guy that's got the great vision. And it was funny. Each of them picked the other one. He was, oh, I like, I like dribbling. I like seeing the floor. And the other's like, no, I like beating people up. And I said, well, that's what the Chargers have. And that's what makes a great wide receiver core is you kind of have to have each of those buckets, you know, and, and that's there. And I think that's a big reason why. And I know it was written. I think it was written in that piece too, Chris. Um, I think that's a big reason why it was so important for them to bring Mike back is yeah. those two just complement each other so well. Um, you know, the way they play the position and, and what, you know, what their talents are and what is asked of them and, and what they provide, you know, week in week out, it really plays well off of one another. You're having very nuanced conversations with night. It's probably a better conversation than with me money. Maybe we get kids, <laughs> maybe we get these kids on the, on the pod before we get to camp. No, I think halfway through that explanation, they were like already cutting their pancakes and putting a little bit of extra. <laughs> like, all, right, all right, man. I just, like, yeah, I like yeah, yeah, Mike Williams. Okay. Um, whatever. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was fun though. And I think that's, but look, that's, I think speaks to, that's what's you know okay who's your favorite wide who's the best wide receiver and they go well they all do things that are so different you know and and you know like Devonte adams and mike evans are two completely different receivers you know as is stefan diggs as is deandre hopkins like each of those names on that list you know they they offer something very different from one another you know i'll tease this we we did this uh 
this series crossfire with Dane Brugler that's going to come out here over the next month or so. And we had uh, Steve Weiss talking training camp battles, Greg Cassell talking AFC West and Nate Tice talking just general NFL previews. But one of the topics, I forget what it was. It was like, which player is going to take the biggest leap in 2022? And I think Joshua Palmer is a guy for me that if he takes that leap and I'm relating it back to fantasy too. It's like Justin for me is like a top two, top three fantasy quarterback, Mike Keenan, Gerald, Austin Eckler, Joshua Palmer, all these guys, he's going to throw the ball to. I don't know if I necessarily want Mike or Keenan as my wide receiver. Like I, I feel good about like maybe a, a low end wide receiver too uh, for one of those guys from like a fantasy perspective because Justin's going to spread the ball around. Like Gerald Everett is yeah. another guy that his, his name came up is you know Lombardi loves the tight end. Everett's uh, career has gotten better each and every year. He's got the best quarterback he's ever had. So like I I look at this this Chargers offense. And I look at Justin as that one constant, like in fantasy, like that's the guy you want. And then all these other complimentary pieces are like, uh, you know, wide receiver too. Like, like for me, like I love Austin Eckler. I, I've seen Austin as, as high as like a, a running back two, running back three. But I think I'd prefer to have him as my second running back, which means I probably won't get him because I think Isaiah Spiller is going to cut into some of that touchdown uh, production that he had last season. Yeah, I think the thing with Austin and why, like, I'd be fine taking Austin in the top five of fantasy drafts, it's especially because everything's PPR now. And yeah. he's just, he is so good, if not the best, you know, legitimate runner. Like, he's going to get you rushing yards. He's going to sniff a 1,000 rushing yards and probably, you know, eight to 10 rushing touchdowns. But, man, he catches it so well. And I think, you know, I think the thing with with Justin is there's so much of those there, and and I'm gonna and I think you know we'll we'll get into this in a in a minute, but something that that I kind of just found so interesting over the last week that I've consumed and I wanted to share with the people that are listening, um, repurposing other people's hard work and content. I'm very good at that. It's um, it's, it's what July's all about. Exactly, um, but I like I won't be surprised if as crazy as it sounds with 20 total touchdowns. Like, I will not be surprised if if Austin has as good, if not a better year because of Spiller. really because, yes, I think because he's if there is a legitimate spell back for him to take a series off, to take some plays off, I think he's going to be more effective. I, I, I just I believe that to be the case. I think just last year, you know, unfortunately, Josh Kelly and, and Larry Roundtree, they just weren't able to do it. And I think he was forced to probably do too much and in turn get a little banged up, you know, and miss some time and miss some series. Whereas I think it's one of those less is more, you know, when you're going to use him less, he's going to have more juice and that's going to mean bigger plays and that's going to mean deeper routes. And that's going to mean, you know, more valuable touches, you know, let, let Spiller, you know, deal with it between the twenties and you know, Austin and how strong he is and how he never goes down on first contact, bring him in when it's first and goal instead of a rookie, because you feel a little bit better about that veteran presence and kind of knowing, hey, things change. You know, okay, now we're inside. Now we're goal to go. Things change. I think about Josh Kelly stretching that ball out from the three-yard line. Yeah, that's not that, that's not going to work. You know, and I think that's where you could still see a lot of production uh, from Austin. Spiller's so fascinating. And I think in my mind, and, and maybe it's the incorrect way to look at it, is that like, I, I just, in my mind, I feel like he's going to take the reins and he's going to have a really good season. And th- there's going to be series where they say, you know what, 
Austin, take like you said, take this series off. Isaiah's going to carry the load, and and I and I'm I guess maybe I'm just hopeful. I'm hopeful they get to a point where yeah. maybe both of them are on the field at the same time, right? And and Austin is is used as a wide receiver more with with Isaiah in the backfield, and there's just another added dimension to the offense that really kind of takes it over the top. So. I, I don't know if it's just being hopeful and, and I mean, look, it, like, is. it, it is. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. it is being hopeful, you know, he's rookie. We were hopeful with Larry Roundtree who did it in the sec. And I can remember having these conversations a year ago, you know, like, Hey man, here's a guy that put up 1500 yards in the sec, you know, on Missouri. And he's got to do it in the sec West against Alabama and Texas A&M and LSU. And he was able to do it and we got excited and it just, and so I guess that's where, you know, I, I'm not saying you're glass half full. I'm glass half empty. By no means my glass half empty. I'm just, it's now been two years in a row where I had a chance to, you know, we had a chance to watch, you know, Josh Kelly humiliate USC. I mean, humiliate them in the most important game of the season for both of those teams. And he throws up 250 yards yeah. um, and is just running over those guys. And I'm geeked to the nines that he's going to be a charger. Um, and then it just unfortunately did not work out as well as, as we had hoped. So I guess for me, I'm just a little more cautious uh, with the runners. I will not be surprised in the least if Isaiah Spiller is able to do it. He's got that shiftiness, the explosion, the strong base. Um, it's all there. It's, it's all there. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, like you are, that it, that it is going to translate. It's just been two years in a row now where I've sort of, I don't want to say falling into the trap, but, you know, falling in love with a rookie runner before he ever took a snap. And for whatever reason, just, you know, didn't quite work out. Yeah. So what, what were you consuming th this July? So this it's, so it's funny, you know, I was thinking back to being inside SoFi stadium and that crazy dance team and the uh, you know, the, the, the club, the, the, the DJ on the ones and twos with the violin and the, the, the thumping music and Snoop Dogg and, 30,000 people inside SoFi for the draft party and hey we're gonna hang out and we're on the stage and this is great and you know what do you think and how about this and who are they gonna take and then the pick comes and you know I don't know what you know, people were hopeful of I mean we talked about all the different names right and Jameson Williams might he be there and you know could it be you know do you take a do you take a running back that high as Brees Hall? Like, would you do that that high? And people get excited about skill position players. Um, and they took Zion Johnson, the number one guard in the draft. Um, and, you know, now that we've had the, the you know, the, the, the chance to see Zion in person and just what a mammoth human being he is um, and how he's, how he's built and how strong he looks, um, I never really thought, I didn't think too much about it. I thought about our conversations that we had on the pod about, well, you know, this is a kind of sweet spot of where usually the first interior lineman can go off the board and it's the top rated player at his position. Um, so I, Zach Kiefer of the athletic uh, did a podcast series called luck. That's all about Andrew luck. And hmm. it starts from Stanford and it goes through his retirement and how is it? And, you know, I was fortunate and I mean, when I say fortunate, I mean, fortunate, like I was fortune's fool where I happened to sign on with this company, Compass Media Networks to call football games. And they had a ton of Stanford games. I must've called four or five Stanford games a year. And it coincided with Andrew Luck's arrival. Mm -hmm. um, so I got, 
I got to see it firsthand. And it's to this, it's the, he's the greatest college football player I've ever seen in my life. And I can remember week in and week out watching him going, this is incredible. This is, you know, and I called the games with Curtis Conway, who was a teammate of Jim Harbaugh's. And so I was fortunate to be on the field when Seaway and Jim are talking and just chopping it up about what he's doing with Stanford and Toby Gerhardt and how he's remaking this team and flipping guys from offense to defense and defense to offense, to try to get some toughness on, you know, or some skill here or there. And man, just listening to the way he would talk about Andrew Luck and then David Shaw. Um, Cause then I was calling games with, um, with Tony Hill, who was friends with David's dad. Um, and so now I'm back on the field and I'm listening to David Shaw talk about Andrew Luck and, and, and all of it is now being, you know, all those conversations and those memories I have of just feeling so blessed to be in this, this window of time to watch this player. It's all rehashed, um, in this podcast. And how's the, how's the pod? Have you finished? It's it? incredible. I can't, I can't recommend it enough, but again, I've got this investment in it. You know what I mean? Like I'm invested in Andrew Luck because I felt like, Oh, I know about Andrew Luck. You use, you do not know because it's Stanford football and you couldn't possibly know what I know. Um, you know, it's like, you find a band before anybody else does and they become popular and you become resentful of those people that found him late or something like that. That's kind of how I was with Andrew Luck when he started getting that big um, or when people started catching on to it. But um, Tom, you know, Tom was part of that team in, you know, he was part of that team in Indianapolis that had to make that decision. We are, we are going to cut, um, someone, a, an individual that is tied to a franchise and means as much to a franchise as any player in the history of the NFL has meant to his franchise. We are going to cut Peyton Manning and draft Andrew Luck. And they go through that decision. And Tom was part of that. Tom was the veep. Of, of player personnel in, in Indianapolis in 2012 when they made that decision. But here's how I'll tie it all back to, to, the, um, to the Chargers. That, that year, if people remember Andrew Luck's you know, rookie year, it was incredible. Won 11 games, won a playoff game. I think they started, did they start, they, they started like one and three or something like that. And then they just went on this incredible run. And it was, you know, and I, and I was calling NFL games and I got to call some of these Andrew Luck games now in the NFL. By that time, I had started calling NFL games. I called that, that was incredible the, that game. That was the year it, 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 RG3 won the NFC East. Uh, Russell Wilson yes. got to the playoffs. It, it was like that, exactly. that, that rookie class was awesome. Exactly. And uh, and I got to call that uh, Colts-Lions game that became like his signature game where they were down like 17 points with four minutes to go or something. And uh, he ends up winning the game. Um, so what I'm getting at is, that rookie year, he took a pounding, a freaking pounding. 41 sacks. He's taken on linebackers. He's crushing safeties. He won't slide. And I'm thinking about Justin Herbert's rookie year. And, and we now know how it ended for luck. You know, it's sad. It is. And Tom left, by the way, after that year. So Tom's there in 2012. He gets hired by the Chargers in 2013. They never invest in the offensive line. Uh, they keep drafting skill players and Andrew Luck gets the absolute crap kicked out of him. Torn cartilage in his ribs, lacerated kidney, split abdominal muscle, multiple concussions, destroys his throwing shoulder. And that's why I walked away at 29. And that's why I missed two and a half years or two years of football games, essentially in the middle of it all. Um, but I think that had a profound effect on Tom. Because I think he stayed connected to Andrew his entire career. 
because he was part of the team that made that decision to move on from Peyton Manning. We're going to cut one of the most important players in the history of the NFL, arguably the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL to draft this kid. And I think he always kept one eye on Andrew, that he always had that relationship with him. And by all accounts, anybody that's ever been around Andrew talks about what an incredible person he is and the connections he makes and how important other people are to him. So I'm sure Tom was part of that with him. And so I think that has a lot to do with what he was committed to doing after Justin's rookie year, after watching him, who was it? Who was the chiefs player? He took on the linebacker. Um, oh, was it week two? There was the, it was the week. Yeah. His first start. Or first right. Start, it was right? His first start. Was it, I can't remember. Was it Hitchens? It may have been Hitchens, it, but I, yeah, knocked the snot out of him. <laughs> so that reminds me of the, I think it was Sharice Wright. I was, I called that game against USC. That it's one of the, it's the greatest, it's, it's the greatest college football tackle I've ever seen. Ball was fumbled. Freaking Andrew Luck, like a missile, destroys this corner. I mean, decletes, sends him into the first row. And I thought about that hit on the linebacker, and I'm making, and now I'm putting this all together. I'm like, dude, I guarantee Tom Telesco, this is what happened. And that is why after he was the most pressured quarterback in the NFL, his rookie year, after he refused to get out of bounds and he would routinely take on safeties and linebackers and he was fine taking these hits and he popped back up and DJ and I are in the booth and you're talking about it at chargers.com or on CBS. Like, Oh, this guy's so tough. He takes on hits. He won't go down. I totally think that's why Tom said, listen, whatever your plans are for the 2021 off season, scrap them. We are spending every cent on the offensive line. We are drafting offensive line and by all accounts Slater slipped but I've heard that it was another offensive lineman they were going to draft. If Slater was gone, there was someone that was still available that was taken a little bit later. Uh, I don't want to share state secrets here, but that it was going to be offensive line. They signed Matt Filer. They make Corey Lindsay the highest paid, paid center in the league. And then this year, we're not done. That right side was leaky. I don't like what I saw against the Raiders. Zion Johnson. That's And so... When you hear, when I heard that podcast, all six episodes and the last two episodes are Goster Cherilis, LaRaven Clark. They drafted this guy out of Ohio State that busted out in this, you know, in the second round. This third round pick didn't work. And that's why Andrew Luck is no longer playing football, a big part of it. So I think that one season and that investment and that just career defining decision that he was part of to take Luck has led to. And then hearing all the executives and all the coaches talk about why Andrew retired at essentially 28, 29. Um, I think Tom said, this will not happen. That will not happen. We have got the golden ticket. Justin Herbert is a golden ticket. And priority number one is making sure that he does not. And I thought back to that. Um, I know I'm going on forever here. So please just jump in as I'm no, rambling. Here I, no, I, I appreciate, I, I like, I, I like where you're going with this. And, um, and I thought back to the, the brilliant uh, Instagram and tweet that, that Megan put up with Rashawn Slater after he was drafted, the, uh, the parody of, that's my baby, and ain't nobody finna put hands on him. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. It is, this is our baby, and ain't nobody finna put their hands on him. And that's, <laughs> that's the way this is going to move going forward. I won't be surprised if they draft the right tackle in the first round next year. And another guard. And I just think, to me, that's the lesson that was learned by Tom from Andrew. And he will not, he will not sway from, from what he saw there. And, and just a matter of a year, right? His, his rookie year was incredible. He was running for his life, but he was still making plays. To get Slater, 
to get Filer, to get Lindsley all in the same season, to add Zion Johnson. And, you know, right now, you know, Trey Pipkins, we've talked yeah. a lot about Trey and, and maybe he can make that that leap, but I would not be surprised, you know, and there's depth too uh, that, that I think could come to the surface this year too, where, you know, they, they've drafted guys last year and this year yeah. that could develop. Um, I almost, I liken it too, to like, remember when the Cowboys, they had Tyron Smith, then they got um, Zach Martin, Zach Martin, then they got Travis Frederick. Everyone's yeah. like, why you get, why you get a set in the first round? Just to, because the offensive line is our bread and butter. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the Chargers are kind of replicating. And buddy, I, you know what? I, I thought you were going in a different direction with, with Tom and, and Peyton and, and Luck. I, it just, it, it's funny to me that, you know, Tom was a part of that conversation, right? Where, where Peyton leaves and Andrew Luck comes in. And the parallels between Philip Rivers moving yeah. on. Who wasn't ready to retire yet. Yeah. And, and moving on to another team. And then being able to get Justin Herbert the very next year, just like you did in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck, um, to hit on two franchise guys, to have that, you know, and, and Philip mentioned it in that, that interview that we talked yeah, about last week. Where, Senior Bowl. Yeah, you go from you go from Favre to Rodgers, you know, as opposed to like the Browns where you have 30 quarterbacks in, in 25 years. You go from Rivers to Herbert. Um, you have to protect that investment and – I love what you're saying, and I think it's so important for Justin, especially over the next 10 years. Like, he's going to be growing with Rashawn Slater. They, they came up together. Yeah. Zion Johnson, they came up together. Lindsley's still in his prime. You know, Filer's doing his thing. And, and, I, and I think you're right. Like, it, it starts up front. Um, it's cliche, but it's true. And I, I think they've done a great job. And, and like you said, maybe, maybe fans were, were – uh, wanting someone like Jamison Williams or some of those wide receivers that we talked about. But um, the, the guy who's going to bear the most fruit, I think that they got in Zion Johnson. Yeah. And it, just to kind of, to, to speak to that, you know, to the drafting of Zion, you know, like the tipping point when, you know, all these people just lost their minds was, you know, Andrew gets crap kicked out of him in whatever year it was 2015 or something. And they, with their first round trip pick, draft Philip Dorsett and everyone's like, what are you doing that, that, that this guy does not need? And it was an interesting point. I don't remember who made it. it might've been Bill Polian. And of course, Tom, you know, worked for Bill his entire life before he got his job. You know, he worked for him in Carolina, worked for him in Indianapolis. He was essentially a Bill Polian product protege and Bill, you know, Bill made it. I think it was Bill that made the point. He's like, Andrew Luck will make pedestrian wide receivers. Good. He will make good wide receivers. Great. You don't need to invest in wide receivers. You need to protect him. That's what you have to. And that's what I think about with Justin, right? He does not care what the name on the back of the jersey is. Jalen Guyton, you're getting touchdown throws. You're getting throws on fourth down when if you heard it, we're off the field. I don't care. If you're open, I'm going to throw it to you, and I'm going to expect you to catch it. T. Billy, how could we let T. Billy go? I never got on the field last year because yeah. Justin Herbert made him T. Billy, you know, and, and when he didn't have Justin – He's a practice squad player and is floating from team to team like that's and, and it was an interesting point. It's like you don't, you know, think about Mike Williams career, you know, prior to Justin. Do you do you think Mike Williams just all of a sudden figured it out? Because it certainly seemed like he had it figured out at Clemson. He was the best wide receiver in college football, or at least in the conversation is the best. Wide. And then there's a little bit of a lull. And then Justin takes over and Mike takes off. That's not a that, that's not. 
you know, we can play the correlation causation game. Yeah, I can tell you which one it is. And so I think it's like to me, and here's the other thing that came up too. And it's so like to me, the parallels, and I'm not saying that, like Andrew, like I said, it's the best college football player I've ever seen. If he does not get hurt, I think he is, is, finds himself in the conversation as the best NFL quarterback that's ever played. He was that good. Like he was that freaking incredible. I don't think people realize how good he was um, and how good he could be. But man, Justin reminds me so much of him. He really does. And, and like one of the other things that came up was David Shaw was talking about how he's like, you know, and, and it's like, even their personalities are the same. He's like, the guy was so humble. He would never complain about anything. He's like, and finally I'm like, Andrew, w- listen, what do you need? You have got to go into the front office because it's clear you need, you know, he's trying to say, I know you like your offensive lineman, but man, they're getting you killed back there. You've got to demand better, spend money, invest draft capital. They will listen to you. And, and he said, uh, well, it's hard to run play action when nobody's honoring the run. You know, because they remember they traded a first for Trent Richardson and he averaged like two and a half yards per carry. Well, they never had a legit runner. And I think that's a big reason why every single year Tom has invested since we've had Herbert in a running back. Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree, Isaiah Spiller. I think that connection is still there. Like, hey, in order to really maximize what Herbert does, and that's seven step drops, let the play develop. I can throw it farther than you can run and my guys can get under it and we can score touchdowns. And there's maybe three guys in the NFL that can do it like he can. So you got to get the play action game, right? Which is why you're going to keep investing draft picks and running backs. As this conversation unfolds, Muddy, I, I go back to like the draft and it, it makes me feel foolish that we even thought a wide receiver in the first round was, yeah. was in the conversation, right? Because Justin, you're right. T Billy had some splash plays because yeah. of Justin Herbert, uh, Jalen Guyton, uh, the, the tight ends, Jared Cook, Hunter Henry, Donald Parham. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is. Joshua Palmer, uh, who, who came on at the end of last year. Uh, the, the fact that Justin is so humble and he will defend, like he defended those offensive linemen in 2020, every single game. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and that's, the and they were of- terrible. Yeah. They and- were terrible. I mean, bad. I hate this. I, I, you know, I know I, I didn't say it when they were here, but the interior was brutal. I mean, the interior line was turnstiles. Um, and I said, I'm stoked that Michael Schofield came back last year and played really well because man, the year before he played really bad, um, you know, and that, that, that interior tandem with, with Feeney and who was, I can't even juice. I've, I've four slam four slam brutal. I mean, it was brutal. And there's a reason why none of those guys are starting in the NFL anymore. So, you know, look, and it happens. You take your swings and, you know, I'm, I'm not putting it on, on the, the front office for, it happens. Look, Forrest Lamp had a huge senior bowl. Every single, you know, list that you looked at, he was the number one interior offensive line on that list. You take them. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. In that moment, he was a steal. He was a steal in the second round. He, exactly. he was supposed to be a first rounder. Yeah. So I think that's, and, and that's where the credit comes. It's like, you don't just say, well, he'll get it. You just wait. He'll get it. We know we evaluate. No cut bait, find someone new, protect your guy. And that's what, what Tom and his staff and has have done. And man, I'm so excited. Like I got really geeked listening. I was like, you know, and, and uh, you know, this came up too. So I don't want to pretend like it's my own thought, but they brought up like, look what the chiefs did 
you know, Patrick Mahomes got obliterated in that Super Bowl because his offensive line was A, hurt, B, old, and C, ineffective. What do the Chiefs do? They draft Creed Humphrey. They draft Trey Smith. They sign Joe Thune. They trade for Orlando Brown. They're like, that ain't going to happen. This is the golden ticket. We are drafting. We are signing. We are trading. And we are completely remaking our offensive line with four new starters. And it's exactly what the Chargers did last year. That ain't happening again. Sign mm-hmm. the center, sign the guard, draft the left tackle, you know, and sign the right guard. Like they did the exact same thing the Chiefs did because they know that this team could be, could win a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert if he's not on the field because he's getting hit too many times. We're, we're not having it. We're not having that conversation. But, you know, Justin deserves all the credit in the world for what he did last year. But I tell you, I don't know if we give him enough credit. Maybe we do. Corey Lindsley, when you have a guy who is as smart and savvy as Corey Lindsley and you pair him with someone who is as intelligent as Justin Herbert, you're going to have success, right? You, you cannot not have success. So those guys in year two, I think that's what, what excites me most about Justin Herbert taking this leap in Joe Lombardi's offense is because he has a guy, Corey Lindsley, that he can rely upon every single game to put him in the best spots to be successful. Yeah. Well, and by the way, you know, just to continue to make the parallel, um, what was said about Andrew Luck? One of the smartest people I've ever met. That's another, yeah. That that this is a guy that's reading books on architecture and concrete and has a book club and, you know, and on and on and on. What do we hear about Justin? Academic All-American, biology major. He's one of the smartest guys. You're like, I can't believe how quickly he, it's all the same it's incredible to me. Like it is incredible to me. Had Justin Herbert been in a different program than Oregon where Mario Cristobal was committed to offensive line, run the ball under no circumstances, turn it over. There ain't no way he's sitting there at six. Ain't no way he's being talked about as the next Andrew Luck with what we're seeing now, the way he's built, the athleticism, the arm strength, the brain, the humility, the great teammate, like it's, it's uncanny. I can't, I can't say it like it's, again, this is just my opinion and I'm an idiot, but man, it was like I was listening to a story about Justin Herbert, the way it was being described. Both Pac-12 guys too. I, yeah. I just hope that the Justin Herbert podcast, can we do that in 20 years instead of like 2025? Well, like you know I, I mean? said, that's what jumped out of me is this is, you know, one of the main reasons why. One was Andrew Luck. You know, our, our friend DJ is on it. He's part of it because he's talking about his scouting and, you know, what he wrote up and what he remembers and that. And, and he made a great point in the final episode. He said, uh, he said, I think there's a difference between a great football player and a great quarterback. You know, he said Andrew Luck was so committed to being a football player, to being one of the guys. Like, hey, if I throw a pick, I'm making the tackle. I don't care what you say, coach, because that's my fault. I let my team down that, hey, I, these guys are trying their hardest to block for me. And those wide receivers are trying their hardest to run those routes. And it's a, it is incumbent upon me to stand in here, take the hit and deliver the ball. And that's what a football player is supposed to do, but not what a quarterback is supposed to do because they're just too valuable because you can't do that. You can't take these hits when you're unprotected and your back is turned to a weak side rush and you freaking get uh, two screws in the middle of your spine repeatedly over and over and over again. And so it was 
Andrew Luck, the football player that let Andrew Luck, the quarterback down. And there's a reason why you run out of bounds and there's a reason why you slide. And there's a reason why you get rid of the ball because you just, you can't, you can't take the punishment. Your, your body, even if you're built like an Adonis, like a Greek God, like Andrew Luck was still going to get you. It's too violent of a game. The players too fast, too strong, too violent. Uh, um, so I think that's, I think that's certainly in the calculus of the chargers because Tom knows, Hey man, you might get to draft one of these in your career. You know, and he's been fortunate enough to draft two. And I'm sure he's looking at it like, ain't no way what happened to Andrew Luck's career is happening to this guy. You know, Justin doesn't make the same mistake twice, too. I think he's gotten so good at knowing when to slide, knowing when to get out of bounds, knowing when to run the ball. You, you mentioned that that first start where he knocks over the, the Chiefs linebacker. Oh, but I think, since that, he, he, I, I think since that he is really he, – he just has a, a, a good knack for it. And guys just don't like – you know, keep it in 2012. I, I watched a lot of Washington football. RG3, right. he did not know how to slide. He did not know when to get out of bounds. No, he was getting absolutely pummeled. He was so fast and so dynamic, but he did not have a clue how to slide, how to get out of bounds. And he didn't, he, I guess he, he didn't have that knack and he got hurt and he got beat up and his career was over before it started because of a lot of those things. And I, I, I think Justin has such a, I, I remember, you know, the Pittsburgh game where he was just running everywhere, but he knew when to stop. He knew when to slide. Right. Um, it's, it's the little things like that, that can prolong a career or shorten a career. Look, it's Russell Wilson. You know, it's, it's another it's uncanny. Guy. The guy never, he's like Floyd Mayweather. He never takes a direct hit, puts <laughs> himself in harm's way. Yet yeah. when it's time for that hit to be made, it's like, it's a glancing blow. It's incredible how he's able to do it. Um, and, and certainly, and it helped me out. Do you think it was Damian Wilson or was it Anthony Hitchens? Which of those two lines? I've just pulled it up on their depth chart from 2020. <gasps> trying to remember if it was Hitchens or Wilson. I feel like it might've been Wilson. Um, anyway, it's, it was an incredible an incredible collision and Herbert popped up and Wilson or Hitchens stayed on the ground for two minutes. And certainly I'm sure the, the chargers on that, in that moment said, don't ever do that again. And I think uh, it was Damian Wilson. I think it was too. Yeah. I think it was too. Now that I'm thinking back to it and looking at the depth, I'm chart. looking at a headline chargers, rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert Knox chiefs linebacker, Damian Wilson. Out. There it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's it. That's it. That's it. And that's uh. And that's a teaching lesson. And, uh, and it's funny in that, in that podcast, BA is on there, you know, who was his OC and, and his head coach because Chuck Pagano had leukemia. And he said uh, he made this tackle after throwing an interception and, you know, BA's always got the colorful language. And he's like, man, I don't, don't you ever effing do that again. And he looked right at me. He goes, you my ass, I'm going to do it. And that's my <laughs> fault. And, and I was like, all right, <laughs> I guess that's just the way this is going to go. And so right. it was, uh, it was a really funny moment. Um, <laughs> We could gush about Justin Herbert all day long. and yeah, it, We it do actually, it regularly, right? But we, we, we can circle back to that Jeremy Fowler list. Three AFC West quarterbacks are in the top ten. Derek Carr is the number one honorable mention. Right. So it, 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 as good as Justin is, you are still going through a gauntlet in the yeah. AFC West, and nothing is guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. No. No, that's why you just enjoy the ride. And it's uh, – and it's, again – it's a, it's, it's the reality of football. You know, there's a reason why the, uh, 
any given Sunday monologue from Al Pacino resonates uh, because it is a game of inches and it is a game of possessions and one possession or, or, you know, one misstep can be the difference between you getting into the tournament and not. And if you get in as the Bengals proved last year, who knows what could happen or the Rams, you know, seemingly with their backs against the wall in Tampa after blowing that lead and going to overtime and feeling like, Oh my gosh, it slipped away. Uh, and yet here it is. It's one play. It's a zero blitz that not everybody knew was a zero blitz and there's your completion and there's your field goal and game over. And that's, you know, and that's, that's football. That's just, that's what happens when you have 22 moving parts on every single play, you know, all it takes is one of those parts to break down and it changes dramatically the outcome of, 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 of that particular possession or play or, you know, or contest uh, how it all works out. We always get Tom on at the beginning of training camp each year. This has to be one of the topics, man, this, this 100%. Herbert parallel, because I'm sure. It, and Tom I know exactly what podcast. You know? I know exactly what he's going to say. Yeah. I can, I can already see it. I'm going to be like, yeah. And you know, I figured this. And then I was thinking about that. And he's like, huh, I never thought about that. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I guess, I guess, I guess that's possible. That's exactly how that's going to go. And I'm going to feel like a complete idiot, but whatever. I, I am an idiot. Because <laughs> uh, it's not like he's going to be like, hey, Matt, you hit it on the head. Yeah. Way to go. You yeah. figured it out. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's what I'm going to get. We should do like a, we should do like a mashup of, uh, of what you just did and yeah. what Tom's reaction is going to be. I guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. That's how it goes. All right, so there you go. Money just gave you a great podcast to listen to before uh, before training camp. Yeah, sorry, I got no. a little long winded there. No, it's I I, th- I think it's uh, I, especially if a Charger fan knows that they have Justin Herbert for the next 10, 15 years, right? So like this, I I, I always think it's fascinating these comparisons throughout like the course of NFL history, and this one's pretty recent too, right? You go know, for twenty twelve to twenty twenty two. Now this is just ten years ago that that Luck was drafted and. Um, I remember when when Schefter broke that news that he was retiring, it was like in the middle of a Chargers preseason game. Do you remember that? Yeah, we were. It was because it was in the middle of their preseason game. So it was in the middle of our game. And I and I can remember looking at DJ and and we're like, are you? And I think we both had the same reaction. Like it was just, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people say this on the pod and I felt the same way. I was just sad. I was like, no, not him. Not that guy, man. I love that guy. And remember, we played. Uh, the Chargers played the Colts in week one with Jacoby Brissett. And so it's like, that was the next game. It was going to be the Colts that kicked off the season. And I can just remember seeing that news going, are you kidding me? Like, there's no freaking way this is happening. Um, That that game went to overtime, right? Yeah. It was awesome. Overtime, overtime, I think. They did. Yeah. Yeah. No, it went to overtime. Uh, Chargers won. And and that was that. It's. Yeah, no, I was geeked. I was super geeked to watch, you know, Andrew Luck into at Dignity Health. Like that, that's how much I love watching that guy play football. Um, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be great. Looking forward to calling another Andrew Luck game. It's been years since I have, and I ended up calling quite a few of his games in India as well. Um it's a big bummer, man. Real big bummer, but uh, you know, a cautionary tale. And I I, I will. I know he won't acknowledge it, but I will hold firm. I do think that it was one that taught Tom Telesco uh, a very valuable lesson about having a golden ticket at quarterback and how incredibly important it is to not take it for 
not take it for granted. And he didn't. He was, again, he was gone. He drafted him his rookie year, and then he was hired by the Chargers in 2013. So he was out of there after his first year. Um, and, I, and I'm 100% certain that, that it had an effect on, on the way this has played out these last two years since Herbert has emerged as one of the best quarterbacks in the league and is on a track to have a historic career if, if this holds. And final thing, it shows you how hard it is to identify the franchise quarterback because the Colts have not recovered since he left to go from Brissett to Phillip to Carson to now Matt Ryan. They're just trying to find uh, that stopgap before you find the long-term answer. And uh, they've, they've gone the the veteran route to to try to make it happen. It hasn't necessarily worked out. It's tough. There's a reason why people say it's the hardest position in all of sports to play. You know, and and why it's so darn hard to find 32 of them, uh, 32, you know, out of out of seven and a half or eight billion people, whatever it is now, uh, you're looking for 32 of these guys. And it's hard. <laughs> it's, yep. it's incredible. There's so much excitement around this Chargers team with Mac and JC Jackson, all these offseason additions. But it's just it, it starts with Justin and 100 percent and what he's going to do potentially in year three. So, yep. all right, man, let's let's get to camp. So we got one more episode next week. What do you want to talk about next week? I'll find something that somebody else has done that I can steal. <laughs> Make it sound like it's my own. <laughs> Don't worry. I got us covered there. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Go listen to Zach Keefer's oh. podcast on Andrew Locke. Sorry, Zach. No. Yeah. Sorry, Zach. Zach's going to get a lot of a lot of downloads because of the- I don't know. I kind of told the whole story now. <laughs> I maybe gave up too many secrets. It's still a great listen. Go check it out. Uh, shout out to Zach. Uh, All right, guys, this has been Chargers Weekly. We'll see you next week. Camp, just a couple weeks away.